Resurrection Day, Easter Sunday, we are finishing up our series on the Lord's Prayer. And this morning we come to that final phrase that says, For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. I can believe that fully because I have experienced the love of Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the gospel. I believe that God's word is true. And I'm just going to simply tell you how I have experienced Jesus this morning. Because I know that some of you are here just saying, well, I don't really feel it. I pray that God will reveal himself to you this morning. I've personally experienced God's glory through the saving grace of Jesus Christ. I believe that he died so that I might live. I believe that he is the resurrection and the life. I believe that Jesus came so that we could have victory over sin and death. I believe that he is Savior, Messiah, the beginning and the end, the Alpha and the Omega. I believe that Jesus is the sacrificial lamb who was slain. And he is worthy to be praised because God allowed that miracle of resurrection. So I am not a biblical scholar. I am not a history buff. I cannot prove to you with data, with logical data, anything about Jesus. But I want to share with you how I know Jesus. Because Jesus has revealed himself to me in powerful ways. It's all about Jesus. I'm going to tell you my story only because it's Jesus' story. And it's a story of new life. It's a story of resurrection. You see, on Easter Sunday, more than any other Sunday, I just want to shout that the old has passed away and new has come. I'm not the same person I used to be, thanks be to God. So hear it from this perspective. It's all about Jesus. So I've got my notes so I can kind of stay on, on track here. You just need to understand, as a child, I was longing for nurturing and affection from my parents. I, I didn't feel it from them. I, I had little self-worth. I was desiring affirmation. I spent a, long t a lot of time with my dogs and cats because I felt the unconditional love from them. I had a vivid imagination, and I felt lonely. I was looking for comfort from food and other things. I was never really good enough. You see, my mom always had rules, especially about religion, and she was strict with how I was supposed to do things. And I kept hearing, what would people think? What would Jesus think? What are you supposed to be doing? There was a right way to do pretty much everything, and I just wasn't cutting it. I didn't measure up. So as a teenager, I strived to earn the attention uh, of others. I, I was striving. I became a leader. I became a leader in the community, in church, and in school. Uh, I was concerned about what others thought about me, so I put my life into doing more, striving harder, working harder to be somebody, to be noticed, to have value. Uh, that ended up being at a lot of parties and being in the back seat of a car a lot of the time. So by the time I was 15, I was pregnant. My parents, trying to do what was best for me, took me to have an abortion. And after that, I felt completely worthless. 
I was dirty. I was full of shame and guilt. My life was horrible. I thought there was nothing ever that I could do to redeem myself. And you know I was right. There was nothing I could ever do to redeem myself, but that'll come. So the guilt and the shame, the worthlessness, just led to myself giving myself away over and over again, and even allowing myself to become a victim of, of abuse. Why not? After all, I was tainted goods. There was nothing good about me. So what did that matter? And so then as an adult, I brought all of that baggage into our marriage, it was perfectionism, it was control, it was very low self-esteem, and it was trying to put up a good front, acting like I had it all together when inside I was absolutely empty. There was a void that nobody could fill. I put an awful expectation on my husband. I mean, he's a great guy, but he could never measure up to what I needed or what I wanted, that void that was in my life. Uh, let's see. I found myself in, in unhealthy relationships. I was very much addicted to food. That was my comfort. I, I suffered from depression. There, the root of rejection was so deep that that's who I chose to believe I was, that I was no good and that I never would be good enough for anything or anybody. On the outside, things looked like God was okay. I mean, after all, we had what looked like a good marriage. We had two beautiful daughters. I had been called into the ordained ministry. My husband and I were, were ministers here at the church. You know, it looked like we had it all together. But it wasn't that way. And in 2005, I began to do some deep inner work. That was God's beautiful grace continuing to pull me toward him, continuing to, to woo me. You know, I was already a Christian. After all, I was even an ordained minister by that time. But I didn't believe in who I was in Jesus Christ. I didn't believe that God was a good, good father. I didn't believe it. And so I was shackled. I was bound. I was bound by an identity that I thought I had to, to hold on to for the rest of my life. And then in 2007, it, you know, we were just doing our thing and we ended up being roommates under the same household, under the same roof. There was very little left as far as a marriage relationship is concerned. And one morning as I was journaling my prayers, I prayed in desperation. God, I don't care what it takes, but just allow something to happen. Give me something so he will see me for who I am. Now you have to understand that I believe God in his sovereignty allowed me to get very, very sick. So that both my husband and I would fall flat would get hit rock bottom so that we could understand that God is a God who loves us. God is a God who redeems us, who wants what's best for us. Sometimes, and I know many of you in this room are in the midst of huge challenges right now. You are suffering from loss. You are in despair. You are in doubt. You don't know what you're going to do tomorrow. 
I just want to say, hang on, hang on, because there is hope in Jesus Christ our Lord. So, God allowed me to hit rock bottom, and I was diagnosed with what, what the doctors called MRI negative MS. I didn't have lesions on my brain or my spinal cord, but boy, I was sick. And, and I, I suffered. Our family suffered. There was nothing easy about the physical pain, the emotional, and the spiritual pain that we experienced. But I want to give God all the glory because through a Christian doctor, we were led to a Christian counselor who allowed us to work to do the tough work to allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives so that our marriage might be reconciled and redeemed. I also worked hard with nutrition and did all that right stuff physically so that I was to a point where on August 12, 2013, I was completely delivered. I was completely healed from the manifestation of evil and the, the manifestation of sickness in my body. Now, that's a whole nother testimony, and I would love to sit with you and tell you that story if you are so interested. But I need to go on to give you the big picture. You see, I went from the old life of there, believing that there was nothing good about me that the sins that I had committed, the things that had been done to me and the things that I had done, I thought were unforgivable. And I realized that that was a lie. That was a lie of the enemy, Satan, who wanted me to stay stuck. I experienced new life in Jesus Christ. Over the past 10 to 12 years, God has been working in my life in such a way that I can believe truly that I am worthy. Only through Christ's blood shed on the cross for me, only through his righteousness am I worthy. But I can stand up here in front of you and say, I am worthy, I am enough, I am forgiven, and I am, I am experiencing a joy-filled life life because of what Jesus did for me. It does not mean that my life is easy. It does not mean that I don't have any challenges in life. It does not mean that we struggle. Uh, we sometimes don't struggle in our marriage because we do, right? <laughs> did you want to give an amen or something? I don't know. <laughs> But the thing is, Jesus is our constant. We have been saved by the blood of the Lamb. We have, I have freedom that I have not experienced before. I can say, I can truly stand in front of you and say, God is a good, good Father. Do I have answers to your questions of why he allowed this to happen or why this is not happening the way you want it to or why your life looks this way when you wanted it to look this way? I don't have the answers. Except that I believe the mystery of my faith that God is a sovereign God who wants the best for his children. I believe that God had a plan for his children. 
I believe that Jesus was part of that plan. His mission was to fulfill the plan. And when Jesus died on the cross, when he said, it is finished, that means that your sins and my sins are paid in full. He did it all for us. That means that if you are in a place of, oh, this is as good as it's going to get, or God will never love me because way back when I did that, or right now I am doing this sinful whatever, you know. (laughs) It doesn't, I lost my train of thought. Help me, Lord. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And he can save you from a life of mediocrity. He can save you from being in a stronghold, from the lies of the enemy. He can save you so that you can live a new life. Let's go to Scripture. That will help me. That's where I need to do. 2 Corinthians 5. My friends, this is the good news. This is what Easter is all about. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that means if you recognize that Jesus is Lord, Lord and Savior, if you recognize that Jesus died on the cross, shed his blood for you so that you might live, then you are a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ. Now listen to this. Not counting persons' sins against them. Can I get a hallelujah? Thanks be to God. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We're therefore Christ's ambassadors as though God were making his appeal through us. So we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him, Jesus, who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. That's how I can stand up here today and say that I am worthy. It is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. My identity is in him. I don't have to look to my husband. I don't have to look to a career. I don't have to look to anybody else for my identity now because my identity is through Jesus Christ, my Lord. As God's fellow workers, we urge you not to receive God's grace in vain. For he says, in the time of my favor, I heard you. I heard you. He's saying that to each of us this morning. I hear you. I hear the pain you're going through. I hear the cries of, the, of your heart that nobody else knows. I hear you. And in the day of salvation, I helped you. I tell you, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. My friends, that word is for us today. Today is the day of God's favor. God, I feel sure, is wanting you to understand that you don't have to live your life so-so any longer. 
that from this day forward, you can choose to have new life through Jesus Christ our Lord. And that goes for those of you who have been Christians for many, many years. And it goes for you who have not yet accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior and for anybody else in between. Then we go to the prophet Isaiah. Oh my goodness, this is good news. Forget the former things. I know that some of you are in this place today, in a place that I used to be, thinking that I kind of wore that scarlet letter on my forehead, that even though nobody may know what I did, I'm worthless. Some of you are in that place. Some of you are remembering the sins that you committed years and years ago. Some of you are carrying guilt and shame that have no business in your life anymore because Jesus died for you. So forget the former things. Do not dwell in the past. See, God says I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you perceive it? I am making a way. God is making a way in the desert and streams in the wasteland. That's the good news of Easter. That's the good news of the resurrection. That's the good news of of the joy of our salvation. Let me see what I need to say. Hmm. The joy of our salvation comes only through Jesus Christ our Lord. It comes only when we say, I've had enough of trying to live my life on my own. It's only when we say, Jesus, I want to surrender to you. I want to give up the past. I want to give up. I want to give up. And I want you to pour into me. I want your life, your lifeblood to wash me clean. I want a new start. I want to go from here. I think Easter is a day of new beginnings. It's a new day. The old has passed and the new has come. I believe that for some of you, this is a day to recommit to your Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. I'm going to ask the band to go ahead and go up. I believe that for some of you, God is calling you to let go of those burdens that you've been carrying around. I believe for some of you, the shame or the guilt or the unworthiness or the whatever is coming to your attention, and God is calling you to leave it at the foot of the cross. If you are honest, I believe that God is moving in some way, revealing himself to you. So, I know that all of us have come with needs, and I have sensed that we need a time of prayer. So in just a few moments, um, we're going to pray together. And then I've asked some folks to be available for prayer. If you want somebody to pray for you and with you, I pray that you would take the step, the courage to come and receive prayer. I know that for some of you that may be really uncomfortable. But I pray that you answer and th- what the Holy Spirit may be doing in you. And just, just say, I don't really know, even if you don't really know what you need prayer for. Let that person discern. Some of you know specifically what you need prayer for.
But let's open up to the power and the authority that we have through the mighty name of Jesus. You don't have to leave here the same person that you came in. You can truly experience freedom. You can experience new life. You can experience a new start. And that's my prayer for you. I would hate for any of you to miss that opportunity. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, I am overwhelmed by your love for us. I am overwhelmed by your grace, that unmerited favor that you have for each one of us. I am overwhelmed by your mercy. We are sinful broken, wounded people, yet you don't give us what we deserve. You lavish love and grace upon us. So we simply say thank you. I pray, God, that that you would move in this place, that you would stir up thoughts and feelings and that we might respond to you so that we could live a life of joy and freedom and peace, new life. God, I'm I'm grateful for this opportunity to worship. Hear us now as we join our voices in the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.